we're all protecting you. We have we all have protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. I was I so mad. Don't ever breathe. Don't breathe. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here once again with my guy from New York City. That's Armin, y'all. How you doing, Eddie? I'm doing good. Um, clearly, I've gone full psycho in the quarantine. I am like now. Literally, it's so funny because if you hear me on the Beverly Hills episode, I'm like, I've been crying all week. I've had such a rough emotional week. Last night was the Scorpio full moon, and I feel energized and motivated. And ready to do everything, just like these ladies of uh, NYC. Sorry, maybe that was, but maybe it was New York. I mean, it was. Maybe New York has energized me. I mean, I did stay up to like three a.m. last night watching uh, Real Housewives of New York season eight. And honestly, watching it has brought me a lot of insight for this episode. Like um, a couple things that, like, I'm going to talk about. One of them being Sony Morgan's lifestyle brand. Like, I literally watched the episode um, last night with the whole, you know, where she's she brings. She's talking to Bethany about like these distributors and investors and stuff. And there are no distributors. There are no investors. They like, there's nothing. And then seeing that contrast tonight's meeting about the Sony Morgan lifestyle brand. I really want to talk about that because it's pretty incredible. I think Sony has grown a lot um, in she, a, that sense. She seems to have a better handle on the business. Yeah. Well, but- let's start with that because we'll get into Luann. Let's just, let's finish with Sony really quick. Cause that's, I think that's just a stop on the mark of what we're going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, um, like you alluded to it. Bethany once said basically that Sonia was the emperor with no clothes. Yes. Like she had a lot of people on payroll seemingly, but none of them were really accomplishing what they needed to, to get Sonia's lifestyle brand like on the map. And now it seems like Sonia like actually has a sense for like how to generate revenue, how to make a profit. Mm -hmm. Like she's worried about the numbers and, you know, at the very least, even though she's not yet making a profit, as she said, at the very least, yeah. it seems like her head's in the game. Yeah, she's on her way to this journey and this trajectory of being a successful, not only, you know, clothing designer and like this, but I think she's really coming back to the whole Sonia Morgan of it all. And back to going back to season eight and then coming back to this now, um, all she wanted to do was to just make enough money to send her daughter to college. That's like always what she said. She's like, I just want to get back to where I was. And still, Sonia's not 100% back to where she was, but that's not like, that's not, you know, such a stress on her anymore that she's trying to get things out and be crazy about him. Because in season eight, she was trying to get her, her line out by spring. And they were like, Bethany's like, well, what stores? And she's like, well, we're talking. And she's like, no, no, no. You would have had to have this six months ago. The store's done, sent collection. Like, this, this is not how it works. And now, you know, Sonia's like, okay, I have to think a little bit more. Like, maybe I should start branding with Century 21. They reached out to me. You know, I like that brand. She's starting to think more of it's not just a short-term thing for the money that she needs now for the problems that she needs to fix to get back to her thing. She's realizing this could extend to so much more and really be her, like, fruit of labor for the rest of her life and really become a more successful company. And no offense to Sonia, but back in Season 7 and Season 8, her business seemed more like a con. Yes, yes. But now it feels legit. Quick thing I want to say, though, um, 
she still has the two same people working for her as CEO and VP that she had back then. (laughs) Even after Bethany was like, you need to drop these two and find a full new team. So maybe that was part of the reason why she, uh, it's been a little bit of a slower journey for her is because she's got Tweedledee and Tweedledum helping run that business, it seems. Yeah, Uh, her her team needed to grow along with her. (laughs) Yes, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, Speaking of growing and moving, let's talk about Tinsley really quick before we get into all of the Luann drama. Tinsley and Dale, my girl, Dale, the hopefully newest housewife next year, um, had quite an intimate moment at Bocce, this restaurant that looked cute. Um, it's uh, Tinsley has broken up with this Bruce guy who, honestly, we don't even know if he's real. I, some of <laughs> Like, this is this is a real statement. Like, it's been floating around the internet. Is Bruce real? Is Bruce not real? Stop. Really? Yes. People think Bruce is a, like, a secret name for Scott. Like, she was, when she was, like, seeing, like, Bruce, it was Scott. But now after this episode, I, I think this guy's real. But it, it's so much darker knowing why she was dating him. And everyone's done this. Well, I don't know if everyone's done this, but I've definitely done this. Where you, like, date someone around kind of the same area of mm. someone you dated before and like goes to the same places like hoping you'll run into that ex oh i didn't you know, know I, mean? I didn't well i didn't know that that was like a well-known tactic so that's like a thing people do i mean it's for psychos like me <laughs> but so like, like so like eddie let's say you were dating someone in echo park yeah you guys broke up and i was like still really like but really you were in love s- with them yes you would start like, to try to date people in Echo Park so you could run into them. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I would, well, I would frequent those bars. I would try to, like, be at those places. Not, like, uh, like stalkery, but, like, every once in a while show that's, up and, you know, hey, it happens. That seems like too much of a hassle, though, when you could just, like, pick up the phone it, and call them. I know, but text. it's a whole game. It was, it was, this was in college. It was a lot easier because it was, like, me and I would, like, go to USC to go hang out at USC. You know what I mean? Like, that is so different, though. I know, but it's it's a similar thing. I didn't go to USC. Like, like Tinsley doesn't live in Chicago. She lives in New York. I, you know, you're visiting a place, you're being in a place in the hopes of running into a person who occupies that space. Right, that but like sense. in college, that dynamic makes a lot more sense because I than think- a, Than a 40-year-old woman. <laughs> right, well, I'll get into that. But like in college, it makes a lot more sense for you to be visiting other universities, especially because- your university had a close relationship with USC. Yes. In a way, right? Like, or at the very least, I know your group of friends. Well, like, had... I mean, I had friends that went to USC. So I was, they called me a Phosian, um, right. a faux Trojan, because I literally went to like a ton of parties there. Because, I mean, my school just didn't have as much of like, it had a social world, but it was completely different from USC's. USC is like a completely different beast, like with the football games and everything. And it was nice to visit that. Um, I feel like yeah. when you're in school, you just hang out with other people who are also in school. Like that's yeah. the thing. And there happens to be many universities in Los Angeles. I wouldn't be surprised if you hung out with some Bruins. Um, there's, <laughs> I, I know a couple. <laughs> um, but to Tinsley... I'm, I'm, I'm partial. I'm partial to the USC. <laughs> you are. I know that, and there is a rivalry. But um, back to Tinsley. She wasn't just going to the school across town. She was going yeah. to Chicago to run yeah. into Scott. Yeah, that's a bit much. Like even my Echo that's a bit Park more example. Than me. <laughs> very much so more because even in my Echo Park example, like of you know Eddie the adult pulling this stunt. Like Echo Park is like you know forty five minutes, whatever away from and you it's not like it's a drive. and it's like and i go to restaurants there i go to bars there like it's not like it would be out of place for me to be somewhere in los angeles no not at all but taking a two-hour flight 
and going to a whole other city in a whole other time zone yeah that's like a lot that's a lot that's that's too much (laughs) but like at the end of the day i do think that i think this shows that tinsley really does care about scott and i feel like their relationship i mean as we know now they're engaged um but i feel like it took her kind of dating bruce and like not realizing that she'd heard she was dating this guy in chicago i think she was doing it subconsciously is kind of what she said, even though she probably was doing it consciously. If but he's even her, real at this point. Yeah. If he's even real, if Bruce is even real, but <laughs> I think her understanding what, you know, what her feelings are for Scott by, you know, whatever experience she had with Bruce, not Bruce, whatever. I think it's really probably cemented the fact that Scott is the one she wants to be with. She is willing to make, you know, compromise. Um, so, I mean, I think she's ready to take this next step. I think this scene kind of set up that she's like, you know, Scott is the love of my life. Like, I think Scott is the one. Um, even though Dale is still not 100% sold on it, it's good Dale to just know wants that kids. she's... Or Dale, grandchildren, uh, rather. Um, and, I, yeah, that was funny. It was, uh, when we were watching it, it was like, uh, Kelsey made a comment, was like, is, are, did the producers just tell Dale every time, like, that, uh, <laughs> to I don't talk think, about babies? I no, don't think they need to. System. Yeah, they system. don't need to. Dale just yeah. wants grandchildren. Um, Before we move on, uh, can I just quickly, quickly get an answer on this question? Um, yes. Do you really still care about Tinsley and Scott's relationship? Be honest. I care about Tinsley. And but I their relationship, that- though, this, this storyline. Well, I think I'm interested in it more so now because I want to see how she makes this jump from Bruce and like all the attacks from the ladies about her and her relationships with Scott. I want to see how this progresses into a, a proposal. Fair. I think that's what I'm interested in. Okay. Um, I'm a little tired like, of it, but that's actually a good, compelling angle on it. Well, because at this point, she's not with Scott. She wants to be with Scott. Scott's checked out. Scott does not want to be with Tins anymore because of these compromises she was unwilling to make in the past. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens between the two, what happens between her and the ladies to ha- make her, first of all, feel comfortable getting back with Scott. And second, making that step to become engaged to Scott. So that's what I'm, I'm interested to see. That's why, and I love Tinsley, you know me. I'm a, like Aaliyah. I've loved Tinsley since I was a kid. Um, so I'm just interested to keep seeing her story and how she's growing. Because I do think, I mean, she was on Watch What Happens Live. And Andy was like, well, how do you respond to Dorinda, um, you know, saying all these things like, you don't, you don't talk about your life. You don't talk about the show. And she's like, well, I came in from an abusive relationship. I had a mugshot. I had, I had these problems. I had no money. I was trying to figure out my family. I've had relationship issues. She's like, what more does Dorinda want me to want me to say? I mean, Dorinda's not talking about her Coke problem. (laughs) I miss season eight. Let me tell you, I've never seen. Okay, I've never seen someone more on cocaine in a sh- TV show than John. Uh, season eight. Season eight, and wait, actually, scratch that. Jax Taylor. This last episode we watched of Vanderpump Rules. That's someone who's more on cocaine than John Medesia in season eight of Rioni. Do you think at the Davy Wayne's party he was? He probably was. Armin, when he was at work, when he went to go talk to Sheena, when Sheena was going to show him the music video, and he rubs his nose and walks. Sniffing up all the way into the bar at Sir. He's always on cocaine. Or Adderall. He admits to that. Or Adderall. Or Adderall. One of the two. He is like, he's snorting Adderall. He's snorting cocaine. One of the two. That guy is on uppers and you can tell it in his eyes. I've yeah. seen crazy people at parties in LA. Well, he admitted it. You can, you can, tell, you can tell it in the eyes. You can oh, yeah. see a person be like, okay. His eyes get super <laughs> dilated. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't hide it from us, Jax. Um, yeah, no, no, no. But, no. but yeah, so... 
Tinsley, I, you know, I'm interested to see how that progresses. Um, and I'm interested to see how the relationship between um, Dorinda and Tinsley, Tinsley progresses, especially after tonight's mm-hmm. situation. But before we get well, let's, to that, let's, let's talk th- about it. All right, do you want to just do that first? Yeah. And then we'll do Luann? Yeah. Okay. So the ladies are at Luann's um, comedy show charity. podcast stand up showcase slash um, charity slash charity right? for bullying slash jail. Um, and there was another thing. <laughs> It was bullying, jail, and comedy. So it was three things. So I swear there was, was even like a, another thing, though. There, it was, was it, like was about it, bullying. Was it immigrants? I think. Be- no, no. Jacques, Jacques was talking about bullying. He just he did have a little oh. thing about being an immigrant, and he got bullied for his name. Yeah, I, but I don't I think it was about immigration. Okay, so bullying and jail is all I remember. Yeah. It was um. Um. <laughs> but it was like I mean it was a whole thing. But um, <laughs> it was a whole hodgepodge of a thing. So before we get into, we're going to talk about Luann Jacques, that whole situation after, but after they do the whole show, they all go down to this like second bar that they had to slide into, which that was cool. I saw this and I would like, I literally was like, what is this place? I want to go here. <laughs> I want to go down a slide into a bar so bad. That's such my thing. Um, and I loved seeing Luann come down the slide and Sonia widespread eagle behind her, like coming up in. It, it's just a, one of those moments where you're like, this is what the ladies need to do. They need to get to bars that have slides and let them be buffoons and have a good time. Um, but prior to all of this, um, Dorinda had said that she had this idea where her and Tinsley would have lunch, where Leah would be the mediator between the two so that they could work out the issues that they've had so far between last season and this season. Uh, well, that lunch became a bar fight next to the bartender that Leah was essentially like trying to like scream into to mediate. It was not working well. Tinsley and Dorinda started butting heads. Leah called Dorinda intimidating, um, which Dorinda was like shocked by. She's like, I'm intimidating. And then Ramona goes, am I intimidating? And Leah goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dorinda is definitely intimidating. Oh, if someone called me intimidating, when people have called me intimidating before, I say, thank you. Yeah. Well, you own it and you, you actually love that attribute, but I, I don't... do, and I and not in a mean way. But I like for, I like when people not are intimidated, but like well, you, you know, like to have a presence that... about you. You that yes. you like that you have a presence, right? Yes. yes. But Dorinda doesn't have a great sense of self awareness because, for example, when Jacques asked the ladies if they had ever bullied someone, right, and Dorinda's like, "Oh, no way, no way," and then we saw the flashback of all the times she has bullied people. Ramona too. Ramona as well. Um, she not only says like, "Oh, I've never bullied anyone," and then we see the flashback of all the times she's bullied people. The be- best one last week. <laughs> Literally last week. Um, Dorinda then goes on to say, "I'm the type of person who would go after the bully, who would like protect the person who is being bullied," which just isn't true. Like no. it's kind of true, but not. Fully true because she does bully people sometimes, and I love Dorinda. Um, but she can be very intimidating, especially after a few martinis. I don't think she has a great sense of self awareness, so that's why she doesn't realize that she isn't intimidating. That's why she doesn't realize that she bullies sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's just Dorinda. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, maybe the alcohol has something to do with the self awareness, but I don't know. When she comes down, she's like, I took two shots. I was like, oh, this is going to be yeah. a night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this fight blew up and it nothing got resolved. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing happened, except for, basically. Except, except for they Ramona, yelled at each other. 
Yeah. Ramona hugged Tinsley because she made a decision by breaking up with Bruce. So good for Tinsley. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about the focus of this episode, which is your favorite housewife, my least favorite housewife. Delusion, delusional Lou Man. Lou. Um, so this episode is kind of centered around two things with Luann. The first being she's reconnected with Jacques. Jacques is now engaged to someone else and she, you know, they're, they're friendly and they have this relationship now. Um, and showing how she's kind of using him as a, almost like a, he's like checks in on her. He's like a friend in need. Like yeah. he's always been there for her. And it, it's nice to see. The other aspect that w- this Luann story is about this episode is the fact that she is no longer on probation and she is struggling with the decision to drink or not. Um, she said time and time again she does not believe she's an alcoholic, even though she had to go to AA meetings and all that stuff. The women, too, have said multiple times they don't think Luann has a drinking problem. It might have just been a one-night thing. But still, there is the pressure, the stress of not drinking for a really long time and then having to go back, or not having to go back, but making the decision to go back and seeing if that's the right way for you to do. I mean, personally... I did not like have to go to like any meetings or anything, but I was like, when I w- started working at a new company right out of college, I decided to, you know, not drink for three months because I wanted to be really focused on my job. I wanted to be at the top of my game and I wanted to go after that, going back into drinking, it was like, it, even though it wasn't an, like an issue, it was still like, do I want to make, you know, once you've done it for so long, it feels like people will be judging you, even if you just take a sip. Mm. And I feel like that's where Luann is coming from, where she's like, I, I, I feel like it's my decision and I should be able to have the drink, but I feel like there's so much outward pressure for people to be like, you had this experience before and everyone's focusing on that. But like Luann's been drinking for years. We've seen her on 10 seasons of the show. We see Sonia, Ramona, Dorinda, who clearly have had way more issues in the past and more, but none of them have been arrested. But like, it was, I think it was just a really hard time in Luann's life. I think she really did make a, a, a bad decision and now it's haunting her. I think Luann has a lot of clarity in terms of the circumstances revolving around her drinking or not drinking. Mm-hmm. And a, a part of getting back into drinking, and again, I, I feel like she has a lot of clarity on this. Mm-hmm. She is a public person. So mm-hmm. her drinking again is going to be critiqued. It's going to be under a microscope. And she is going to face a lot of pressure that yeah. a private person wouldn't face. She's on television. And that's also her choice. Um, but what comes along with that is a lot of pressure, which can be daunting. It, it, and it definitely impacts you mentally, you know? But the only way to combat that, in my view, and again, I'm not a public person. I've never had to face that sort of stress. But um, I think the only way you can tackle that issue head on is if you do have clarity uh, on what is going to come of deciding to drink again in this particular case, right? But there's, by the way, for every public person, there's a lot of variations of this same sort of dynamic, right? Like, yeah deciding to like get back together with an ex guess what that's yeah. going to come with a bunch of like tabloid stories and online discourse right um but if you go yeah. into it thinking well i'm just going to put my head down and i'm not going to listen to the discourse i'm not going to let it affect me it's and then it's not going to happen i'm not going to have to deal with it well inevitably it's gonna something's going to come back to you yeah. and 
if you're not ready for it, it could really hurt you psychologically. But I feel like Luann knows what is about to come. And she's like, you know what? I trust myself. And I think Dorinda even said it to Lou at the at the event, right? She's like, we trust you. We know you're strong. We know you can pull through this. I forget exactly what she said, but it was something like that. At she- the end of the day, it is Luann's decision whether or not she drinks. It does not, and no one else affects that. No one else you know what I mean? Our and kids. I don't think it's a bad decision. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Like I don't think it's necessarily don't think a bad it is decision either. I'm gonna be with you, and I'm gonna say I think it's okay that Luann's drinking, and you know I'm the most anti Luann person, but I think she has the right to drink if she wants to drink. I don't think her. I mean, she was yeah a, a danger to herself and others that evening, but I don't think she has been in the past or that that kind of behavior is gonna continue. And I think especially after what she went through, she's never gonna let it reach that point again. Um, and she seemed, and she seems to still hold herself accountable, right? Like she's not yes. saying like, "I never had an issue." Yeah, she's not saying uh, there wasn't a problem there. She she still says, "I want to take this all day by day." Yeah, it's very methodical. It's very mature, and it's the only way you can make this decision properly, in my view. Oh, right? Like one hundred percent. If she was saying, "Look, that was just one random night. I, I never had a problem. I'm never gonna have a problem again." Maybe she spirals yeah. again. Maybe she does because yeah. you know she even admits, right? Like that was all basically a culmination of a lot of mental stress and just feeling really, really, really depressed about her life situation you know, in regards to Tom, um, you got to know that you got to know where it came from. Yeah. Right. So she doesn't repeat the same sort of mistake. Exactly. At the end of the day, she's her own woman and she can do whatever she wants. Um, I, by the way, though, I loved seeing Jacques again. I loved Jacques and Luann together back in season five and season six. It, it was hard to see them back together because you kind of realized Luann screwed it all up when she, when she she fucked the pirate. Um, but they were great together. Yeah, they were. But then Kelsey also brought up the fact that Jacques, Jacques wanted kids and Luann right. was done. Yep. And I think that was another thing. Um, at the same time, I think Jacques has found real happiness with his new fiance Paige. She's gorgeous. I saw her and I was like, wow, Jacques really does not pick a bad one out of the bunch, does he? Um, but I, I, it was it, Luann definitely looked awkward as hell next to Paige uh, when they were having that conversation. Apparently I mean, they're friends. I mean, that's what she said. Like, it was their buddies. But, like, you could just feel... I mean, it's it got to be weird. Anytime you see an ex with someone else, it's got it's a weird feeling. Because it's always like, I was that person, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it, even if it's just for a second, it gives you that sting. You know what I mean? Even if you, yeah. you can... You know what I mean? I don't know. So, I, I mean, I kind of felt for her. It could, it could be it a little face. weird, but you get over it. Yeah, but I, uh, I thought it was, you know, interesting that, like, Jacques is doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> I think that strange. was. I thought that was the thing. I mean, although I loved I, I his lo- Jacques joke. Yes, that I thought was, that was a good one. That one I laughed at. The rest, I was like, uh, okay, you're trying. <laughs> um, and I'm no comedian myself. Let me just say that I've 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 been to a few shows to watch, but I'm I'm not there doing stand up. Um, I probably could, but stand up <laughs> is its own beast. Stand up yeah, is difficult. But- I mean, I'm not saying I could. I mean, if, if I had the training and like the things, eventually maybe. But like, I'm gonna, I gotta give props to Jacques. Yeah, shout out uh, to Jacques. You killed it, man. Though, I don't care what he, Sonia said. You I killed mean, it. Even though he, personally, even though I didn't think I loved the first joke and it wasn't great after that, he takes balls <laughs> and he did it. And gotta give him kudos for that. Kudos to Jacques. 
Um, I did think it was rude. And the ladies were like, I can't understand a word he's saying, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, do you got ears or are you just that drunk? Yeah, I understood um, Jacques just fine. Yeah, I understood every single word he was saying. I was like, I, Dorinda just had one too many shots before, those tequila <laughs> shots before. You know. By the way, they live uh, in New York. Like, they hear accents all the time. New York, the thing. It's like, famously the melting pot. America's melting pot. Literally, Ellis Island is right there. Um, <laughs> did we mention it all? We mentioned it all! We really did. Um, well, if you guys want to make sure you hear everything else that we're mentioning about Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Real Housewives of New York, please make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on social media as well, we are too. Durr. So you can find us by searching at H-O-T-N-B-R-A-V-O-D. That's uh, at Hot and Bravoed. Um, Armin, how can people find you? At Armin, M-A-H, on Twitter. And I'm at Eddie underscore Estrada on Instagram and Twitter. We will see y'all next time.